Hopefully, I didn't just get rid of it all. Oh, you, you were talking when we went live, Justin. Such an amateur <laughs> move. What's up, Badger fans? On Wisconsin, let's talk about it. Badgers win 24-13 against Rutgers. This is the therapy show. There's people that are upset. Let's talk about it. You are Locked On Badgers, your daily podcast on the Wisconsin Badgers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, Badger fans? Welcome to Locked On Badgers. This is the therapy show. We get together after every single game and talk about what went wrong, what went right, where we're at. Today's episode brought to you by LinkedIn. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. That's why LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. Terms and conditions do apply. Justin, like we won, right? Like, I feel like... Yeah. Is- I, I, I'd like to make give a special shout-out to the Badger offensive weapons that are going out of their way to tank Tanner Mordecai's draft stock this season by continuously dropping passes, wasting yardage, you know, giving up touchdown catches. Good job on you guys, like, because this is getting brutal right now. He's playing as good as he can with what he's being given this year. And there are so many players where he puts it where he's that pass to Ashcraft where, where he basically picked it up off the ground and had to run around in the mid-flight. I can't believe he made that good of a pass. Now that was a tough catch for Ashcraft, but like I'm looking at these and I'm like, can somebody come up with a hard catch? Like anybody, because we're even dropping some of the easy ones. And and these guys, nobody like we see consistently on a on a year to year base. Or this year, I've watched so many games where I've seen teams that are less talented than us consistently have receivers make these plays and make them look routine. And we have guys that are making them look like they're the hardest catch ever. Yeah, you're echoing. You're listen. You're echoing a lot of what we've talked about. We talked about it in Discord. We've talked about it before. In that first half, you had first of all. I want to piggyback on your point with the Ashcraft throw. That was a low snap that he pulled off the ground. Then he had to scramble because he had instant and he and he got hit on it too. Like right when he was throwing that rush, and he put that ball in a spot where listen. If you're Tucker Ashcraft and he's a freshman, so I think you can cut a little leeway. Um, but if you're Tucker Ashcraft, you're six foot four, six foot five. The ball hits you in the hands. You got to catch that ball. Like, you got to help out your quarterback. And then you had Bryson Green in the first half, had a similar play. Mm-hmm. You got to catch that ball. You had uh, DK dropped at least one. You had Hayden Rucci with two. Listen, you that Skyler Bell play. I mean, hit him in the face mask. He didn't even that's, get his hands on it. That's a drop, too. And I know, again, people will say, well, the pass was underthrown. And I'm, I'm not, I know Rajiv said that. So I'm not just saying that because Rajiv's not here. Like, I, I agree with that. The pass was over, underthrown. It was underthrown. That one in the first half to Sky. But at the end of the day, good calls receivers still come back and make mm-hmm. that catch. Like you have to make those catches for or at least time. get your hands on it. Like at least if it's going to be broken up, make the cornerback have to make that play. You were open enough and you went up to get it and you didn't even get your hands on it. It hit you in the face. Yeah. Like that shouldn't happen. I want I want to shift though a little bit because I feel like just the tenor of discord. So we and I agree with that. We talked about that, the, the drop passes, the receivers not making plays. Like we're on the same page there. The tenor of the discord is much more negative overall than I am. And I want to talk about that a little bit because to me, it might, we just might have to adjust expectations that winning ugly this year is what we're going to have to do. And that's better than losing, right? Because it is losing well, last I, year. We remember the Illinois game. We remember, like, I heard, I saw, and I don't want to pick on again any, any particular people because I'm not in love with how this game looked either. But a win is still a win in the Big Ten, and it's a lot better than being on the other side of it. And there are some positives that come out of this game. 
Well, you and I kind of talked about this slightly before this. I said that that second half touchdown drive frustrated me because there's nothing that you did in that drive that you can count on as like an, a, a consistent offensive threat other than like Mordecai ran for some yardage, but that's not how you want to like, you're not setting up your, your third down touch or your third quarter touchdown drive to be like, Hey, we need you to make a play with your feet on a busted play. Like that's not how you want to be piecing together your drives. We have had so few drives that look like they were drawn up. Mm-hmm. And that's what's killing me right now. Cause it's like, it looks like our execution is just flat out garbage for the most part. And Mordecai is just turning poo into gold at times. Yeah. Well, Mordecai 11 rushes 50 yards. Um, and he, he was really good. Like I posted at halftime, Mordecai was nine to 20 for 83 yards. No touchdowns, yeah. no picks. He was nine to 20 with five drops. He yeah. easily could have been 14 of 20 on top of it. We got to talk about it. It's the for like 200 the yards. The the draw the center snaps are, and They're we had a brutal. comment in here, Rob from Todd Romance. That's a great name, by the way, Todd Romance. Uh, please address the center snaps. They're so slow that seasons are changing. They're not on the mark either. They're slow and inaccurate. How can you be slow and inaccurate? I, how how many of those running plays should have been dead on arrival? But Mordecai made a super athletic move and somehow got the ball back down to the running back. Yeah, in somewhat in time, because those a couple of those snaps were just brutal. If he isn't as athletic as he is, like if that's if that's Graham Mertz, we have two fumbles right there. Yeah, and we're watching the ball go rolling around fifteen yards behind where where it was snapped. I thought I thought his poise is in, like I think his poise. I'm not just thoughts. His poise is incredible. Like yeah. there, there are snaps where he has to literally jump. I mean, I'm ever watching mm-hmm. the game, so I'm breaking news, but he has to jump and then in air maneuver the ball into the, mm-hmm. the pocket for Braylon Allen. How many quarterbacks just fumble that? Like you mentioned Graham yeah. Hurts, but there's a lot of quarterbacks yeah. that would just fumble that play. Or or they would just go down, right? That would be a mm-hmm. loss to seven. It'd be go down as a sack or whatever. Mordecai's poison this game is really, really impressive. Yeah. And to me, again, that's one of the biggest bright spots of this team is I feel we have a quarterback that always is poised and in control of what he wants to do. Mm-hmm. But the snap thing, Justin, if Renfro can't come back and now we're five games in, we're, we're through a bye week. Yeah. You can't face Ohio state with this at center. Like this is brutal. Like the, those, those plays are going to get killed in the backfield. You know, I, I look at this and the, one of the big issues that I have with this team is that we have so many holes where I look at it and it's like, these are things that I don't know if this is, this can be made better with the guy that's in that spot. You know, Jack Nelson, if he's back next year, he, he caps next year's offense because with the games that we have against high-level teams, he's going to be a massive problem off the left edge. He just is. Maybe he gets a little bit better, but he he's, he's just not good. Like anyone that has any type of pop to him as a pass rusher, they're just going right around him. It's like he, he looks like he's on skates the whole time. So, I mean, they've got to figure out some of these things. Like, you can't have Bordellini next year. Like, if you want to have a decent season, these are things we're going to have to take care of in the offseason. Like, I would not be shocked if we make some decisions that we grab a couple linemen this offseason, too. Like, maybe, hey, Renfo is probably going to be our center next year. Guess what? We're going to shore that up by getting somebody behind him and saying we need this guy to be ready to, to be a backup center because we don't want to be where we were this year. And that's yeah. how I feel we talked about it in the Discord, man. Carson yeah. Hensman, starting center yeah. at Ohio State. That's that's freaking heartbreaking. Yeah. Well, it's clearly Dylan Barrett, ain't it? Because if this, if if Bordellini's this bad, and Barrett can't push him, like 
What the heck? This is where I'm at. I want to put this up here. This is from Commandant Clink. Four and one is better than one and four. Winning ugly this year is probably the best it's going to be. I'm being kind when I say that. A leopard cannot change its spots. This team is in need of a talent upgrade. Mm -hmm. I think that's a good comment. And that's kind of where we talked about coming out of this bye week, and we were all wrong, right? All yeah. of us. We we all picked. I we were hoping we'd take a step. Even that was optimistic because seven points came off of uh, uh, Holman on pick the pick six, six yeah. right? We were all wrong, but maybe it's just about adjusting expectations at this point because I don't think you're fixing some of these things at this point. And now it's just winning ugly. And again, to Commandant's point, and I agree with this, winning ugly is better than what we saw last year where Illinois boat raced us. Like, I mean, it, it, it is. Worse. It's just I don't know if you can count on winning ugly like this. Like some of this stuff is not things that you can repeat on a consistent basis. And at some point, you may have it blow up in your face. Like it could lead to turnovers or things that – end up not going in your way going forward. And that's that's the issue that I see with some of this. It's like, what are we going to see going forward with what we've seen from this team that tells us we can be consistent enough to lock down games and control them? Nothing. We, we kind of got it done today for most of the game because the defense was really good. But the offense is just – they got to figure something out. Something has to become their calling card. I figured by now we'd have – at least something other than will Pauling this today. What, what did we like? I mean, I will give some credit to Acker. Yeah. Who, who was looked really, he looked like he belonged coming in as the backup running back. In fact, I think that he ran more decisive than Braylon did and has more burst, but we'll, we'll see how, he, what he can do when he actually has some openings to make some people miss, but he looks like a very downhill runner. Yeah. We're going to get into some comments next. A lot of people talking about Acker. I, I really liked what we saw from him as well. I put it in the Discord, but it, it he looks like a new car coming up. The, there's a mm -hmm. lot of tread on those tires, whereas Braylon mm -hmm. Allen looks like a car that's been through some potholes, which is crazy. <laughs> he's not that old, but he looks beaten up all mm -hmm. the time, and it just stinks. Maybe um, he's just doing the Jim Brown, where like he gets up a little slow because he wants everyone – so then when he is hurt, nobody can tell. He feels like a 37-year-old, 19-year-old, mm. right, like – he, he looks Danny, like, Danny Glover. Right. <laughs> I'm getting too old for this. He looks like how I feel when I get out of bed now that I'm 40. Like, it just doesn't go quickly anymore. Um, We're going to take a quick break. Friends of the show, come back with your comments. And a couple other good points from this game, as well as some other issues that continue to happen. Can we kick the ball and bounce, please? Oh, my God. <laughs> like, what is that about? But today's episode brought to you by LinkedIn, our friends over at LinkedIn. Uh, LinkedIn Jobs, every new hire this year is a, a high-stakes wager. Every new hire you make as a small business is a high-stakes wager. That's what LinkedIn is here for. Justin has repeatedly reminded me of the tool to, to get rid of the water and keep the pasta in the bowl, the colander. That's hey, hey. Right? <laughs> I'm learning. Listen, I'm, I am capable of slowly learning. By week um, five. <laughs> LinkedIn is the colander for jobs. It, it gets rid of all the, the bad candidates, which is the dirty water that streams out. and keeps your pasta candidates in the bowl so you can hire them and add them to your dinner plate of a corporation. That's what LinkedIn does. And now there's a great new offer. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash college. That's LinkedIn.com slash college. Post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. Uh, Justin, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Give me a couple more positives from this game. Because I, I feel like the overall mood, the therapy session is about balancing emotions to some degree. And people are really frustrated right now. I have a couple the of run, positives. I'm curious where you're going to go. Run defense was really good. Mm. Austin Brown looks like a guy who can really fly around back there. I'm, I'm curious to see how if he can 
continue to build up some reps. Um, what can you say about Hallman? Like he, he has been really good. I, I don't love him in, in uh, man coverage, but when we put him out there in zone, he looks like a plus player in zone. I mean, guys got four picks already this year, so it, it's hard not to love what he's been doing out there. And Waller's been pretty good minus the one hit, which I think we we got away with one there. I don't know how you feel about it. I think that that very easily in most games probably is called a targeting. But he's still – he's always around the football. So, I mean, the, the defense actually – I was pretty impressed with what we saw from them today. I think that against – listen, Rutgers is effectively what we're going to see in Minnesota and in, in Iowa. And, the and if this is what it is, yeah, exactly. None of those teams have a truly viable passing threat. We're going to be able to control those games to a great deal because none of them truly really have a great offensive line either. I mean, Minnesota's probably the closest, and that quarterback's terrible. Like, he might be the worst quarterback we have on our schedule yet. Let me let me hit a couple positives, too. I agree with you on Aker. Uh, he looked really, really good to me. He looked fresh. Uh, CJ Getz had a really good game today. Uh, two or three pressures in the first half, real pressures, not coverage pressures. He beat a guy, got in there, he had a couple hits. He had a low hit, too. I get it. But he was more disruptive today. I saw that Ricardo Holman was really good. I love seeing Austin Brown. We talked about Will Pauling. Will Pauling is a vacuum. Like, Will Pauling catches everything thrown to him. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a big-time weapon. Um, and then, again, the Tanner Mordecai just poised. So I think there's positives here. The, the only issue is the run defense did look better, tackling looked better. But it was against a team who couldn't throw the ball. So we could have 11 people literally in the box. There were, there were plays where every single defender was within 10 yards of line of scrimmage, right? Well, I mean, even looking even looking at Ohio State, apparently, that might be the case. Oh, true. <laughs> it's true. Um, give me some more negatives then. What else What else stood out from you that you're frustrated with? Um, offensive line play clearly was a problem. I kind of brought them up a little bit already. That's got to get cleaned up. Like, we're too talented in that group to not have five viable players that we can put out on the offensive line. Um, Rucci, I love you. Your family is awesome. Um, you, you really hurt us today with some of, some of your play. You know, you had a couple of drops, you had a fumble, you got to hold on to the football. You had a chance to be a different, like there's so many guys. This is, this is the thing. The thing that bothers me is you had a chance to be a difference maker in the game and you didn't make the play. So what ended up, instead of you being a difference maker, you became a negative because the play didn't happen. It ended up, we go from a a 30-yard pass play to being second and 10. Now we're behind the sticks, and that drive is kind of stung. And that's not Rucci, but that's, that's basically what's happening in the passing game right now. Like, we have these opportunities to grab huge chunks of momentum, and it's not happening because guys aren't making plays. Yeah, and... At some level, right, you just have to make a 50-50 catch. You mm-hmm. have to beat your guy and execute. Like, you can imagine Phil Longo losing his mind on some of this, right, calling up. Um, and I want to put this comment up here, Justin, because this is an interesting one to me. This is from Ken P, who said, don't think you can toss all the receiver drops on the receivers. Mordecai throws five yards more and a couple deep ones, and they're walking touchdowns. I want to put this up there for a couple reasons. First of all, like, Longo has to be looking at this, and he has to say, Mordecai, that, like that's a bad throw. You can throw that better. And then mm-hmm. Sky, you have to like. There's there's bad. There's multiple pieces. Yeah, everywhere. It's, it's, everybody's doing something but the wrong. Working like on some of those, they're they're wide open, and the ball's getting there. Uh, Longo's just got to be so frustrated with some of this. Mm-hmm. Um, but what thoughts on this one? Do you put all of those receiver drops on the receivers? Um, because Loki there was really a there was a Rucci one that I saw the second I time agree. they came back to it, and I was like, that one's not on Rucci. Um. 
the bell one was definitely on him. Like you got to at least get your hands on it. The green one, that was a tough catch, but again, it's another one that I think that it, it was a catchable ball. Um, the, the same, same with the one to DK, like that's, that's a ball. It wasn't a great throw, but it was catchable. Like we, there could be cleaning up on both ends of it, but the ball was at least in your catch radius. You've got to make an up. You got to make that play. Like mm-hmm. these guys have NFL aspirations. Those are, those are routine catches in the NFL. So you guys, you want to make it to that level. You better start making those plays because you're not, Wisconsin's not going to get the benefit of the doubt when people are looking at this. There's a reason why, you know, prior and uh, uh, what's his name? Neither one of them got an opportunity to get drafted. Davis. Yeah. They weren't going to get drafted. It just wasn't going to happen because they were in a Wisconsin offense that isn't taken seriously by NFL guys. They'll bring them in for a camp to take a look at them, but they're not going to be given that opportunity automatically because they don't believe in the offense that we're playing. And that's that's kind of what's going forward. They're going to have to prove that they belong and that they can do these things because these are NFL opportunities that you're getting and you're proving that you can't make them. Yeah, this, this one's from um, Slim Lewis. Green had a few great catches, though. The drops are bad, but give credit to the catches and recognize Mordecai's lack of pinpoint accuracy. And Slim, thank you for the comment. So again, just continuing to talk about this a little bit. The only issue I have with this comment where I push back a little bit is Mordecai's running for his life on some of these yeah. plays. Like it, it would be easier to say Mordecai be more accurate if the snaps were on point, if the offense line wasn't a seed. Mm-hmm. Like some of these throws, you mentioned the Ashcraft one, like that's off a low snap. He's rolling up into the pocket because both of the tackles and got getting hit. Like if you're a quarterback at the division one level, and Slim, you're right. Like on the deep throw to Skyler, he had a good pocket. That was a bad throw. Still should have been caught. Mm-hmm. But on some of these, man, you have to look at what's going on in the pocket and just say, I got it to my receiver's hands. Catch the ball. Period. Like that's it. You're a D one receiver at the in the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. That's where I. The receivers, are, I guess the, the my bigger point on this one is simplified. Is the receivers to me receive more of the blame on that than Mordecai to me? Do you think that part of it is, is we don't have a dude in that room that that is a kind of a vacuum that everyone kind of just doesn't like? They're not having their level of play raised, Maybe. and so it's like there's there's just nobody in there. Like there's no. Lee Evans, where you see that guy constantly going out there and making those plays and realize if this is if, if I want to get the ball like this, that's what I'm gonna to have to do. I'm gonna to have to go out and make those plays. I don't know if there's really any accountability with some of this stuff. And I think we see that with Bell. Like Bell's burned us three times now on these deep pass routes. And it's like, just don't put him out there anymore. Yeah. Like he doesn't make the play, even when he wins on his route, he's not making good things happen. So stop giving him opportunities. I'd much rather have Pauling running that route. I feel confident he'd go up and make that play. Maybe he wouldn't, but he had eight catches today. Yeah, he was, he's really good. This is where, listen, people make a lot of money to make these roster decisions. I'm speaking of coaches, so this is where yeah. um, criticism is. It can be it can be warranted. It makes you go back and look at Keontas Lewis not being higher in the depth chart. Keontas Lewis caught deep passes last year. I'm just saying, like, I don't know. It's It's – would he have caught those passes that Skylar Bell got? Maybe, maybe not. I, I'm not here to say that Keontas Lewis is Randy Moss either, mm-hmm. but maybe that's that's a player that would have performed a little better than Skylar Bell in those moments, potentially. Um, I don't know. It's it's interesting to me. I do want to mention uh, we talked about procedural penalties basically the entire year, Justin. Mm-hmm. That was better. Like yeah, we took a definite that. step in that regard. Um for the most part, I think we went from having what we didn't have a penalty until late in this game that mm-hmm. actually stuck. So 
yeah, I mean, it's this, it's one of those things where it's a huge deal for us. Like we, if we can have that, that's a major plus, but instead of having those, we, we had the offensive line basically blow up some of our execution by just letting guys run through. And listen, Rutgers defense isn't terrible, but, but we have guys on the offensive line who think that they're going to be NFL draft picks. And I, I know it's in their head that they think they're going to be, you know what NFL draft picks don't do. They don't give up sacks to Rutgers. They dominate a team like Rutgers that is at a negative talent to them. And that's what you need to do. If you want to be a a top three or four round pick in the NFL, you need to dominate that guy because he's not an NFL player. And, and I'm look, I'm look, sorry, I'm looking at you, Nelson. This is a guy you should dominate. And same with the Washington state guy. He's, he's might get an NFL sniff, but when you get dominated by a guy like that, NFL teams start looking at it and going, man, is this what's going to happen if we put a speed rusher on him? Because he's unplayable in that yeah, type of struggle. He struggled. Jason Tim mentions uh, Green's onside kick recovery is an important stat that can't be counted as a stat. Yeah, uh, that, was, that was a good execution point. We're going to come back. In the last segment is all your comments. We're going to talk about what's frustrating you the most. Um, I see that there's plenty of it. <laughs> so we're going to take a quick break for our friends of the show over at FanDuel. And again, talk about talk about all of my bets. Let's make this all about me. Uh, Justin, we've got obviously the Niners going to the Super Bowl, the Braves winning the World Series. Um, we've got the Suns winning the NBA title. I mean, that one no, I might have to push back on. <laughs> yeah, probably. Listen, probably. I don't think Brock Purdy's winning a title. But anyway, that's where my money is. And if you want to make a little money with me, that's where I would encourage you to bet. Please don't, do not hold me responsible like someone did last year with a Suns bet that didn't work out. I'm sorry in advance. But that's where my money is. FanDuel is the sports book we use. Safe, secure, super easy to use, plus a couple new great offers. If you bet $5, deposit $5, you get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed with FanDuel. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Don't miss any of the NFL season with this offer and with FanDuel. FanDuel is the official sports betting partner of the NFL. All right, Justin, let's get some comments. If you see any, obviously feel free to throw them up as well. I definitely want to uh, – Muppy B agrees. He said uh, Bell's taking away opportunities from guys who might actually make a play. Mm-hmm. Uh, Paul Sakia says morons need to leave Mordecai alone. Timothy Dresslin says negative comments on Mordecai. So ridiculous. The only reason we are four and one, he has no help. Badger fans, zero center tight end receivers are just awful. That's the bottom line. Listen, I agree mostly on, I love, I love what Mordecai has done this year. He hasn't gotten much help. He is, he is hands down. It's not close. The best quarterback we've had since Russell Wilson. I mean, Mm -hmm. there's, there's so much that you, you can't, see on a stat list that he does well like he is flat out a winner as a quarterback like he those are the things that a t- nfl team may look at and be like man all this stuff is going wrong around him and he still finds ways to be productive out there like that is a positive aspect that we can look at in the nfl and say hey you're gonna have very few plays that are are gonna run clean can you work around it and make things happen mordecai can clearly do that so there's some things there where he may get he may get himself a roster off of this, um, but there are I look at this and I start look thinking about next year and what the portal is going to look like and everything. I think we're going to have a lot more turnover than we're expecting, because if this is what we are like, it's it's possible that we go into next year and things just start clicking and everyone kind of cleans it up. But I, I look back to what happened at North Carolina his first at, with Longo there. They were fine. Like they, they, and they were playing a true freshman quarterback, I believe in Sam Howell. 
So if they can figure out ways to be productive with a true freshman quarterback, Wisconsin with all this, all these experienced players should be a heck of a lot better than they've been so far in this offense. Michael Morley says, I think we overestimated the talent at receiver. I I agree. I, I question whether it's the issue is that we're playing well in practice and it's just not translating because that's could very well be part of this. I mean, I, I thought here's the, here's where I, I agree with Michael's point here. I really thought Bryson Green would be the type of physical mm-hmm. receiver who is going to rip the ball away. I like literally just rip mm-hmm. the ball away and make big time plays against 5'10, 5'11, mm-hmm. six foot cornerbacks and force a safety to come over and help him, which would open up the running game. Like I, I overestimated that impact. He hasn't done it. And then, listen, I, I thought Skylar Bell wouldn't drop the zero for three on catching deep passes, right? Like we thought, Keontes Lewis would be a part of this room. Um, I think the only people who have played to expectation in the receiver room. It's, it's DK and Pauling. I think that's mm-hmm. it. Everyone else, I don't think is hit. I, I would agree with that. So I one hundred percent agree with that. Uh, Ryan Eiler says there's a reason all these receivers were available in the portal. I mean, Pauling was a portal guy, like, and he's he's hit yeah. his mark. I guess that's different because it's a Cincinnati connection. I don't think they wanted him to go, though. I think that that was something where it was I I want to play for Luke Fickle, which mm-hmm. is part of that. Um, and it's kind of the same. It's kind of the same with Green. In all honesty, like that team was broken. Like the mass exodus from Oklahoma State, they like that they lost everybody. Like that wasn't just a Green being like I'm not as good as I you know. I'm not good. It's that entire roster. Basically something happened there that never came out, but whatever happened at Oklahoma state, that team just imploded. Like they had like 20 people leave in the portal. This one's from uh John Bayer, Josh Bayer. Sorry. Offense looks absolutely horrible. Allen looks sluggish. Receivers can't catch. Thankfully defense look great. I, I want to specifically ping you on, cause there's a lot of comments regarding Allen. So I, I kind of put this up there for that middle comment. Allen looks sluggish. Like, I, I don't know how to fully square that, right? Because at the end of the day, like, his yards per carry is pretty good. He had a couple big games, uh, points in this game. He had the touchdown run, which was really impressive, right? He had another run on the left sideline. That was pretty good. But he, it, it's dramatically different when you saw Acker take a carry and, and mm-hmm. blast up the middle of the field than it was with Allen. And yeah. I don't know where the, the answer to that is. Like, what what's the issue there? Well, I would normally say it's dancing, but I don't think that's it. I think that – I don't think his legs are healthy. And I think that Acker just – he's a lot healthier right now, and you could see the burst when you watched him run. Like, he was making decisive cuts, and sometimes he just ran into the back of the offensive lineman. But he made a positive out of it. Like, he pushed the pile when he did do that. You know, bar the couple of the third and fourth down runs, which I – in all honesty – the second the ball got snapped on the fourth down on that one, I'm like, this is dead. Like mm-hmm. this play is toast before it even got started because it's number one, it was it was meant to cut back across where the blockers were going and nobody bought it. And he was eaten alive before he even got there. But part of it was because the backside blocking didn't nobody got their block. So it is what it is at that point. Alan, the thing with Acker, the way he ran today, and again, it's, Let's see how Acker looks with more reps. Is because yeah. Braylon Allen's first few reps, his first year, like yeah, you can wear it yeah, down. He averaged like six point seven yards yeah, carry his first season. Quickly. So let's see what Acker looks like with a, a bigger workload as well. I think that's fair. But Acker feels like a guy who's always going to give you a couple yards, right? Like, mm-hmm. whereas Allen, like it, it just it feels mm-hmm. like it's a little slow motion. I want to give comment on clean credit. 
he was the closest on all of our predictions. He said, hey, it's a win, but another unspectacular one. Not sure what the others, which includes us, mm-hmm. saw that the Commandant didn't uh, with those crazy score predictions from last night. Commandant was at 27-10, 27-17. Seven, I don't think they were crazy. I think that we shot ourselves in the foot a lot. Like this game could easily, if if we even have average offensive execution in this game, we, we score close to 40 points. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of stupid bumbling things that we did in this game where it's like, decent teams and i'm not even saying good teams i'm saying decent teams get this done and we're not getting it done right now and i don't know why it's such a struggle i mean i, I think it's just a, a kind of the amalgamation all of it kind of coming together like receivers dropping the ball timing being off with the snaps everything working together to make it not kind of be a a reasonably effective offense at this point and yet we're still somehow scoring at least the mid twenties every game. Yeah, I, I would say as Wes Molinek says, I was going to be a six to five game. It, yeah. uh, I I just think this is who we kind of are now, Justin. Like, mm-hmm. it, you know, we're we're now five games in and a bye week. Yeah, I think we're just an inconsistent team, and we are. I don't expect us to get substantially better. The yeah, I think we probably need to stop thinking we're going to. Because you're right, it's it's this combination of if this would have happened and if that would have happened, if Braylon doesn't fumble mm-hmm. and receivers catch the ball, if this doesn't, but. I think every single game this year we've had those questions. Mm-hmm. And at this point, we, have, we haven't played a clean game this year. And I don't think we're going to, right? Because mm-hmm. at some point you are who you are. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we need to stop kind of after. Um, and I had the same thing. I thought we'd be better this game too. I think I need to stop saying, all right, we're going to clean it up this game. I just need to go in knowing we're not going to be clean for whatever reason this year. And by the way, not being clean is still going to be better than 90% of the teams on the schedule this year. Mm-hmm. And in a transition year with a new coach, that's not the worst spot to be in. And I think that's where I was coming out of this game saying it's okay. Like it's not as good as we want it to be. It's not as good as I expected it to be. And we can still be 10 and two. Like yeah. it's okay. Yeah. I mean, I, the way I kind of look at it is it is what it is this season. Let's grind it out and maximize what whatever we can get out of it. And then next year we've realized these are our shortcomings. These are the areas that have to be addressed and we'll go forward from there. But there are going to be people that probably put this on the coaching staff and it's just, this isn't the staff's fault. Like this is execution. Like this is all players right now that we're seeing that are the problem with what's happening. I, I, there's very few calls that I looked at and I'm like, I don't know what we're doing. Like, I don't, I, there are times when I look at it on fourth down where it's like, if we're going to run a play, like let's, let's do at least some type of deception or something on this. If you're going to do it, or you got to just drop the hammer and you got to go out of the eye and have the guy come downhill. I don't, I don't like coming out of a out of shotgun snap if we're going to be running the ball up the middle. It just doesn't make sense to me. Um, but for the bulk of this, you look at it and it's like, I just don't think that there's we, – we're not seeing as much growth as I expected from players, like especially with how many young players we're kind of tossing into this. Mm-hmm. They're not showing where it's like – you have that guy who's a freshman who gets their first time on the field and they kind of have the mental errors and stuff like that. And by the end of the season, they're starting to look really tough. None of these guys look like they're, they're making steps. And that's really frustrating. Like the inconsistently or inconsistent play, when you start to see that consistent like this, like a guy like green and stuff like that, where he's having drops, it's like, okay, I can't go into next season saying, all right, this guy's going to take a step and he'll be better next year because I saw a whole season where he had a chance to grow and he hasn't shown anything. So it's not improving. 
Yeah, same consistent issues consistently. Um, Gary Wright says, I'm not a big receiver guy. Sorry to say, Brown is not the problem. Uh, speaking of the receiver coach there, really the receivers are less of a problem than anyone realizes. I don't know. I, listen, we're going to have Coach on again this week. I don't know if I'd say they're less of a problem than anyone realizes. I would love to dig into that one further because I don't think they're making plays to help Mordecai either. Yeah. Um, and that that's really what it is. Like, I mean, I'm not saying that these are wide open guys running free that they're ma- dropping the football. Like these are not, they're not gimmies by any, by any stretch of the imagination, but they are plays that on good college football teams, these plays are made. And yep. that's what I mean is we're, I, I had aspirations for us to, by the end of the season being good. And right now I don't think that that's the ceiling that we're going to have offensively. I think we'll have Mattingly in Mattingly. Yeah. No, I know where you're going. Mattingly inconsistent is what I'm expecting the remainder of the season. Yeah. Uh, Derek Ray, definitely, we're going to go into that further because um, I definitely want your take on that one as well. You know, this one, there was a couple comments in here that, you know, a 10-point win, Ryan Eilers, I'll just pick on him for this one, but several people echo this statement. A 10-point win feels like a loss. Again, this is where I push back, and this is just kind of how my yeah. internal clock works. I've seen so many losses, like terrible mm-hmm. losses against, let's say, I don't know, yeah. BYU at home. Um, in Illinois, two straight against Minnesota. Like, I'm sorry, like to me, a 10-point win against Rutgers does not – to me, it doesn't feel like a loss. Um, it just doesn't. But I can understand the the sediment behind it, but that's just not where I'm at. Like, I've, yeah. especially in the last couple of years, we've seen so many bad actual losses. Like, yeah, I'm that's okay fine. this year. This feels like just a – not to bag on Purdue, but this feels like just one of those win- victories against Purdue where we win like 24-17 or whatever, and it's like we won, but – whatever like yep. uh, let's move on to the next one and that's kind of how i feel about it like Rutgers isn't a bad team and uh, i know playmaker when we were talking to him said that he thought that this was the second best second best game left on our schedule yeah, i know State. yeah them them in ohio state and he he could very well be right on that to clarify like i think there's you could basically chuck Nebraska, Minnesota, and Iowa all together and throw them in whatever order you want. And you could kind of look at it and be like, all right, fine. I'm okay with that. Yeah, I think, listen, this is not a win. And Justin, you're saying something similar to this, that you you don't hang this pelt on the wall. Like, this is not a win to celebrate. But it's a win. And I think I don't want to lose sight of the fact that it's really easy to lose games. It's really easy to lose games in a coaching transition year. Obviously, again, we all thought it'd be better. I'm not trying to sit here and say, make a prediction of 31 to 10 and then come back in the reaction. So say, no, it's fine. It's all good. No, I, I was disappointed as well, but the context of still winning while playing ugly is important to me. And I don't want to lose sight of that. Like you can easily lose ugly games instead of winning ugly games. And this game never felt like it was in danger. That's the other point mm-hmm. of this was went up 17, zero, right? We had um, no fear of their, their offense. They were never winning this game. And I think that's important to point out as well. Even, at the end being a little ugly, this game was never in danger, Badger fans. Like it could be mm-hmm. so much worse, is my point. Mm-hmm. Uh Justin, we'll start to wrap this up here. A bunch of comments we didn't get to, but I'll as I usually do for these big reaction shows, I take a lot of these comments, I just wrap them up and we do another basic reaction show to all these comments, and that's always a lot of fun. Um, any final takeaway you've got here, Justin, that you don't think from your perspective that you don't think we covered. <laughs> We got out of this one, like there was a chance for it to be a dominant victory. It wasn't quite as dominant as we would have liked, but it's still a win. Keep moving forward. Hopefully we can build on it next week. Maybe, hey, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe we can take away from it as we came out a little rusty from not playing a game. 
and next week we look better. And if that's the case, great. But I, I'm I'm not giving free passes anymore for how the offenses look this season. Like at some point we have to have a game where we look like we're, you know, going on all cylinders. And then we have not had that at any point yet. No, we have not. Deborah says players are being asked to play out of position. Players who are being asked to be play out of position will leave. Bordellini's caught between a rock and a hard space. Mordecai should have been under center for short yard situations. We're going to talk about the under center thing in a different show. Um, but yeah, I do think some players are being caught in spots that they're not the most comfortable. Uh, Bernie Bango says winning is most important. Run defense is great. And that, that's mm-hmm. kind of where I want to spring off with mine. I want to be the optimistic one on this show because for me, we've talked about rush defense attacking yeah. the entire season. Everyone was freaking out about that. And that you look really great good. today in run defense. That was, that was really good. Um, I thought a few players defensively started to make strides and be a, a little cleaner. I like Austin Brown. I like the emergence of Rico Holman. Hunter Wohler remains a stud. CJ yeah. Getz flashed a little bit to me. James Thompson continues to play well. Um, and quite frankly, Will Pauling is who we thought he would be and then some. So I'm going to take away from this. I'm going to be the positive guy. A win is a win. Rutgers never really threatened us. It's not pretty. It's not going to be pretty this entire year. I think we need to adjust expectations. But the team's 4-1 and one and 2-0 and oh in the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. And that's where I'm going to be right, right now. Yeah, and I think that's okay. the way. Like, take stop getting frustrated with what we aren't and, and be happy with the things we are. Yeah. Um, Commandant Kling says, think of this team playing against our future schedule. This team would get obliterated, but this yeah. team. Oh yeah, be we, we would be a six. We'd be a six and six yeah. team probably next year. Yeah. But but this team won't be the team playing yeah. against the future schedule. Like yeah. that team's going to be different. There's, a, there's I, so much that's going to change. At least I hope so. <laughs> anyway, on Wisconsin, we'll talk again tomorrow. Justin, I know you and Rajiv have a, a live show tomorrow on the Bucky Report as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. so definitely go check that out. I think oh, I'll let you talk on that one. Sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, just a heads up, we are going to have a live show. I think it's going to probably be 9, 9 p.m. Central time. Um, you're going to need to sign up or uh, subscribe if you want to comment. So uh, get over there, subscribe, and come and tell tell Rajiv and I where we're wrong. <laughs> Predictions. Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. Now again, like we were, we had the 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 live show, the Colin show, pretty consistently. It was 31, 35 to to 10 type predictions from everybody. So I think we were all wrong across the board. We all expected more outside of Commandant. Definitely want to give Commandant credit. He was the closest. Um, But aside from that, David Gilbertson says, great show. Thanks guys. Thank you, David, and everyone else for tuning into the, the therapy show as always. We'll talk tomorrow on Wisconsin and we got the dub.